every all right welcome back everyone welcome back to girls like us um we were just having a little session talking about Sophie's lack of desk-like furniture in her house. Yeah, I'm literally propping my microphone up on a um, a bent... I literally just turned my laundry bin over on the side. <laughs> Brag, it's empty. So yeah. You know what that means. Just did, just did laundry. Yeah, very cool. Um, so um, I'm going to bring this up. So as I told Sophie... Um, I'm probably fine, but I did get a corona test on Friday. So because of that, I've been trying to like, I mean, obviously I've not, I don't want to take public transport just in case. So I walked, me and my girlfriend walked the length of, uh, from my apartment in Avondale to her apartment in Lakeview, which is about an hour walk. But as we were walking today, I want to run this interaction by you and I want to know what you think the intention of this man was. First of all, I just want to say you're probably the only person in, in the world who or like not in the world in the united (laughs) states i will say who like is like oh oh i maybe have the virus i am (laughs) going to take responsibility for that and not be on public transit or go into public places yeah exactly i mean it's just like i obviously like i wearing i'm wearing a mask but like um just like being in a bus for that amount of time i'm like i don't know who knows? Yeah, we we don't know fuck shit, so. No. Um, but anyway, so I happen to be wearing my Bernie shirt today, and that's mostly because, I'm not wearing it now because I was so sweaty, but mostly because it matched my shorts. So we were walking. Which are what color? Which are, I'll show them to you. They are a print. They're that one unique look. Oh, I like them. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you've seen them uh, advertised All over on the Facebook.com. Yeah. Literally every gay person I know has something in that pattern. Oh, yeah. I've At Trader Joe's, <laughs> I've been people have come up to me multiple times and been like, I just saw someone else wearing that in Trader Joe's. Yeah. So describe um, the people who come up to you. Do they have so shaved heads? And- shaved, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, this man, um, not wearing a mask passes by me and Meg. He says, what happened to Bernie? He said, Hey, what happened to Bernie? First of all, no mask. Second of all, I forgot that I was wearing the shirt. We didn't talk to him. We walked by. And obviously that's not a big interaction, but I want to know what you think the intention of this man was, because I think there are three things. One, genuinely curious. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Is, is he just, okay? He had COVID actually, and he got out of the hospital. He was on a vent. He's been on a ventilator since like March, <laughs> March 10th. He got out of the hospital yeah. this morning. He's like, literally what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what year is it what happened to bernie yeah Two, it could be because he was not wearing a mask i think maybe i mean obviously this means nothing but maybe republican maybe that was some weird taunt hey what happened to bernie you dumb bitch right three hit on was that a hit like a pickup line hey what happened to bernie i'm interested in your experience yeah with this man i would like to think genuinely curious i mean i didn't respond to him obviously i just think like, and not to call out one of our listeners, but to call out what that's totally something that my dad does, <laughs> where, like, we'll be walking down the street, and he, like, and I know because I've started to do it, too, that it's yeah. genuine, and, like, you are just, like, seeking human connection with people, yeah. is that you want to be like, yo, like, what's, <laughs> what's up? up? Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, and... As I've gotten older, I've started to do it too. Where like, if I'm walking down the street and I see somebody in like, like 
for whatever reason, there are so many people who have like Rheingeist t-shirts in there Chicago. Yeah. And I see them everywhere. It is a and cool logo. Egg- Rheingeist I mean, is a Cincinnati brewery. That's very right. fun. Um, and if I walk down the street and I see someone in a Rheingeist t-shirt, like one time I was down like in the loop on my way to work and I passed this dude like, you know, in his fifties in a Rheingeist t-shirt and I was like, Cincy, what the fuck's up? And I ended up talking to this dude for like 20 minutes and I just like, I think that, and then, but also it's happened to me where I've like been like, what's up t-shirt, like looking good. And like, someone's totally ignored me. And I think about it a lot where, like, I know when my dad does it, it's, like, all good intentions and, like, but I also am, like, I really hope he's not walking down the street and, like, sees, like, a random, like, 20-year-old woman and is, like, hey, like, I love (laughs) your shirt. Because I know he loves her shirt, but, like, you know. Yeah. It was a very, like, neutral way for this man to say it, which was why it was so confusing. Because he didn't even say, like, like, it could have been a weird nag. Or, you know, because I, I, I totally get that. And I am someone, I will also talk to people sometimes, but very rarely. Um, if Maybe if I'm at a bar, I'll talk to someone. I, I, I will right. almost never talk to someone on the street. Well, I you know what? That's a lie. I have seen Miami people and I'll say Miami. But it's usually I just say. I'll just Miami. Like, I'll verbally. Uh, right. I'll let them know that I can read and I can right, see exactly. what their shirt says. I know. It's just funny because I like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do that all the time. And then no. I'm like. But, but it's cool uh, when you do it, I bet. I think what, I think in going back to your specific interaction, the, the intersection that you were at when this happened may uh, offer us a clue as to what this um, man meant. Do you remember where you were? A few blocks away from... Um, the Belmont station going towards my house. So, the Belmont uh, blue line or the Be- uh, Belmont red, red, purple, brown. Okay. It was by a place called. It, wait, it was right by that. I don't know if you've seen this. This is not a laughing matter, I guess. But there's this like fish shop that closed down, and they put like their like manifesto in the uh, window. Yeah. Which, which it is like it's like it's all true. It's like well, we can't be open and like do these unsafe practices, but it's like. Like, it's repetitive. He's like, so I am closing down the shop the in fish Big Bowl. So it's kind of like a lyric right. uh, poetry. But, um, or, yeah, so it was probably, like, uh, a few blocks away um, uh, from Belmont. A few blocks west of Belmont, red, purple. Yeah. Brown. So that could, I'm, I, I'm starting to think that it was probably taunting. I think that's, like, taunting. firm lakeview territory it's yeah it's lakeview for sure i don't know my backdoor neighbors the people who just moved in like Mm -hmm. the uh people who live in the who have the bike the oh the bike that's more of an art they call it piece yeah they call it an art piece rather than um what it is which is um an instrument of transportation for the poor um (laughs) they um have this they have this bike yeah so we were you know What's been happening is Nick, my boyfriend, and I... And ev- so, for context to the listener, all of the people who... We live in a three-flat with a coach house behind. All of the people who live in the three-flat are, like, 30 or younger. Um, with Nick and I being the youngest people at 23. And we all get along because we're all of the millennial Gen Z mindset. Um, and we all share, you know, similar cultural references despite... 
um, our apparent diversity and we hang out and it's cool and we all share a backyard. So if somebody's sitting in the backyard, you know, like we might come join, they might come join us. And these people moved in to the coach house who are firmly Gen X boomer cusp. And there have been, mm-hmm. there definitely is something of a culture war occurring um, because the Gen X boomer cusps just want to hang like with us, like like that's normal basically um and it's not and it's just like we're never i'm never like the the ease of conversation that occurred before they moved in in the backyard you know it has been somewhat jilted by the by their arrival and so because also they like like living in a coach house versus living in an apartment. Right. Big they're paying they're probably paying the equivalent amount of rent to all three couples living in the the apartment. Exactly. So there is like and um when they first moved in like I remember talking to the woman there are a couple who they're both divorced um and this is their they're dating and this is their first place together. And they moved in and um like, First remember, of all, sexy. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Living in sin, but make it old edition. Um, so I'm talking to the woman, and she's like, the only way I could get this guy to move out of his place in Wrigleyville is because the Cubs aren't playing this season. And I just remember, like, nodding respectfully and pretending as if, like, wanting to live close to a baseball field in the year 2020 was, like, like a oh, normal okay. thing for a man yeah. to be interested <laughs> in. And, um... So, you know, they always talk about how much they loved living in Wrigleyville. And then um, on Monday, I believe Nick and I are like sitting out there minding our own businesses. And oh, a thing to understand about these people also is that the man is nearly always like drunk off of his ass or high. (laughs) Oh, that's upsetting. You can't. He's one of those like people where he's like scarily functioning. So he'll like be like hey what's up and then like you don't realize until 10 minutes later that he's like not gonna remember this interaction the next day um kind of telltale signs of him being in this sort of arena is like when he comes from his porch down into the backyard holding his radio that's usually playing the grateful dead and being like oh like sorry i have to bring the tunes with me and you're like why is this happening like um and so he the other or so, of course, like, on Monday, the word looting gets brought up. Uh-oh. And, like, they launch into, like, oh, like, I'm so sick about what's happening. For those of you who don't know, um, there's been a series of, like, what is firmly and, like, indisputably um, police-initiated violence at protests. Um, yeah, uh, police-initiated violence against... Um, children black children because these have been youth-led yeah black and brown children um so and there was a which is once again a youth yeah (laughs) right um a a young person it's been disputed what specific age this person was was shot last weekend in englewood by the police um under you know circumstances that sound like he did not have a weapon and that it was an unwarranted shooting but of course they're disputed because the police get to submit what we end up seeing as the quote-unquote official reports um and as a response people in our i think political view went downtown and reimbursed themselves for the traumas that they are 
repeatedly subjected, subjected to, to yeah. on the part of our establishment. Mm-hmm. And what always happens then is these boomers and these like Wrigleyville like people who wear cargo shorts to weddings get all upset when they see pictures of like the Zara. Zara. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like yeah. literally Zara. Like oh, I can't if, believe Topshop was Right. If y'all have been to the Zara, like, down on Michigan Avenue, you know that that place was decimated long ago. That place has always been... It's disgusting. It's a horrible place. They use child labor. It's horribly merchandised. It's staffed by a bunch of, like, 18-year-olds. It's just, like a bullshit place like that that's the been the picture that's gone viral is like somebody like breaking the windows at a zara and it's like and it's like thank you also like if you don't think doing god's work people shoplift from fucking zara every single day and zara loses no money in fact zara makes and it money it doesn't matter yeah it just doesn't matter in all of those places yeah. and it's just like i like don't know what the proper way to get through like and i don't even like Nobody is out here saying looting is good, but it is, like, what we as the white establishment deserve for, like, the ways that we let violence be continually perpetuated. And and you can't explain that to, like, a drunk person listening to Jimmy Buffett. Exactly. And and that's the thing with it, too, is, like, I don't, I don't think I should be looting. No. Because, like, you know, I don't, I, but I, because I haven't been, like, daily, you know, like. Right forces haven't taken over my community like on the daily and it's like i don't it's just like the thing is that's what's gonna like get attention at least exactly and it's it's hard to explain that to older people because you're gonna see that as but because yeah because like we are all conditioned to think of property as being more important and like that's an issue right it's it's just like it's you know not to be like the matrix or whatever but how do you explain to someone that it's like it's there's way more bad stuff happening than this right it just sucks but so and they they were bringing it up and they were like sick of it we're sick of it they were like it makes me sick and i just like that's the thing that it makes you sick right Ugh. that's that's the kind of thing i can't even like i don't even have a framework to respond to because i'm like i don't like even if i was the kind of person to like if i wasn't like quote unquote like woke and i yeah. was the kind of person to be like people shouldn't break into places like I don't think I would, like, I don't get it why people suddenly care about a czar getting broken into. Yeah, it's, and, and that's the thing. It's, like, I think there is a difference between, like, um, let's say, like, older, like, Democrats who do, I think, genuinely want to do the right thing, but just have a different framework of understanding right. versus, like, what it sounds like your neighbors are, which are just, like, looking for an excuse to be, um... I don't, I don't even know, to, like, have some weird counterculture. Yeah, I just think that, like, what, like, where a lot of the issues come in, and, like, obviously this is not an original thought of mine at all, um, especially being someone who's only lived here for, like, five years, but, like, the city is so geographically um, segregated. segregated that people, like, people take pride in different parts of the city and they like want you know like so like for i guess them like fucking michigan avenue is their culture maybe like that's the only (laughs) thing i can 
They're like, of... I really want to live in a place where, um, like, I, the three floor Forever 21. Right. That's like their church. Exactly. It's like how I used to go into the American Girl doll store and just like cry. It's at yeah. 9 a.m. And, and listen, we love Italy. We, we are do. two proud Italy supporters here. Okay. I, I don't really care if Italy gets looted. I have to say. Honestly. <laughs> Mario Batali. The, I hope the Italy shadowy figured. Yeah, Italy. Yeah, I have always been somebody who enjoys Italy. I have never been somebody. Well, I've never been somebody who purchases things from Italy. I've been the kind of person who shows up to Italy for the vibes. And I will say, the one time I've ever purchased anything in Italy was when we went on New Year's Eve so we could get a glass of wine before going to the escape room. And everybody in Italy kept looking at us, our group, you, me, That's Nick, true. and Meg, as if we were not supposed to be there. <laughs> yes! I forgot that we were like, um, yeah, like, what was up with that? There were multiple groups <laughs> of so people who walked by us and looked at us, like, with unmitigated disgust. And which the thing is, we all looked hot, but not in an inappropriate way. We were all wearing, like, nice New Year's Eve. You had your nice right. new, like, bag and dress on. Exactly. And it wasn't even... And it's like, we were all dressed, like, normal <laughs> young adults. Like, nobody was wearing... Like, and also, like... You know, there. I don't think there was any element of homophobia to it because, no. like, the way that in which we were sitting, like, nothing was like specifically coded as like queer yeah. or deviant in any way. Like, <laughs> no, but we they were, knew. <laughs> but I guess, like, because I was like, literally, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was, and I remember describing it to somebody who I met who had formerly been the manager of Italy, uh-huh. and this person said, "You would be like, you." would be shocked to, like, work there, like, and deal with these people. Like, this person that I worked with, who worked at Italy, got Mm -hmm. called a cunt to her face. (gasps) Somebody called her a cunt. She was like, you underfilled my Aperol spritz. Right. My $9 Aperol spritz, you cunt. (laughs) Oh, no, that's like a $17 Aperol spritz. Yeah, that's very, yeah. My people hang out at the escape game. They do not hang out at Italy. No, and, and yeah, we went to Italy, and we were not welcome. No. And we went to the escape game and we had a great time. And right. it was all old, like, 35-year-old men in, like, um, that heat Five Nights thing. at Freddy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man t-shirt. Oh. They'd all been shopping at uh, Hot Topic earlier and we had a great time and we beat the escape room. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that is what we as a city need to do. Yeah. We need to evacuate the Italy's of <laughs> the world and we need to all join together in a collective bargaining escape room where we, despite our perceived differences, some of us might even shop at Hot Topic. We need to work shit out and come together because this shit's ridiculous. Some of our favorite videos might be that He-Man. I said, hey, what's going on? And and that's okay. And we accept that and we accept our differences. Right. Yeah, the, the one other thing I will say about Italy is I think when we go... We are people who love novelty, as as yes. seen by the fact that we went to the escape room. Italy's, Italy's a, a theme, theme park. park. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're going, and we're having a great time. A theme park where you can drink and maybe buy like buffalo mozzarella cheese. Exactly. Other people, it's like that. That is culture to them, right? I think. I think so too. And this yeah. is evidenced by the fact that while I was studying abroad in Italy, the first Italy in Italy opened, and the Italian people hated it so much that it got like. Like, people were showing up and, like, breaking shit. 
Good. Yeah. <laughs> I think they deserve it. I mean, yeah. Right. Anyway, um, I guess we should get to this book that I hated. And yeah, I hope the other summer series parks, get better. Yeah. This one takes place in Orlando. And I um, did not hate this. You d- Well, okay. I, I sent you this text earlier and it didn't send for my laptop because my Wi-Fi was bad. But I, li- I did like reading only about Claire. The moral of this story, I think, is insane. Oh, it's really bad. And I think I, it's really bad. We should talk about this at the end, because I think there's a lot to say about what yes. ends up happening in the end. Yeah. However, it was well written. Yeah. This book, to me, is like, and I think that the rest of the, I have never read the Summer Series before. Mm-hmm. I think I think I've read the Massey one. Yeah, that's, that's the only it. one I've read, too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they are good for the reason is that they're focused. Yes. Like, there's, there's one a real plot. plot. Right. Yeah. It's like, this gave me very much, like, Dial L for Loser vibes, because it had everything that I think we've agreed that, like, teen literature should have, which is, like, light drama, aspirationalism in this, like, mm-hmm. beauty pageant scenario. Materialism. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. like, um, hijinks, generally. Yeah. E- exactly. Um, there's a lot of Todd action in this book. A lot of lots of Todd action. I guess we can start with that because that's kind of how the book starts. Yeah. So why there is never this is my main criticism. So in the beginning of the book, Claire is working for Todd while spending Not the explained. summer. Board. Never explained how Todd is a business owner. He has a business called T hyphen odd jobs. So Todd Jobs, good good name. Um, but she's, like, cleaning a pool for him. And they right. literally do not explain it. I also would like to point out that they talk about a dog named Piper, a chihuahua Who's named a Piper. Who's a boy. Who's a boy. Very Which rude to weird. our girl named Chihuahua. Piper our- is firmly a girl's name. Yeah, it is firmly a girl's name. By the way, I don't know. If, did I tell you that we got Piper's DNA results back? Yes, you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. I think we talked about it on the, the pod. Oh, yeah. Chihuahua mostly. <laughs> it's, like, 75% Chihuahua. Which you Deerhead Chihuahua. Deerhead Chihuahua, 100%. Not Applehead. Well, you not get... Applehead's gross. Applehead fit ugly. <laughs> Applehead got no drift. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, so... Yeah, so she's working for Todd, and I guess her friends, who she just refers to as the acronym SAS for Sarah... Sarah... Amanda... And... S- um, Amandy. Amandy, yeah. And... Sari. Mm-hmm. Um, she refers to them just as sass multiple times. And I listened to the book in audiobook form uh-huh. and I kept getting confused because I thought sass was one of them who used yeah. they them pronouns because like it would be like sass raised their eyes. And I would be like, who's sass? Yeah, like, why it, it does there... sound like it's one person. Yeah. Right. It sounds like it's like just a non binary person. And so I was like, how is this like yeah. this is like 2008? Claire has a non-binary friend in Florida. Like, this doesn't feel... <laughs> yeah, Lisey's on top of it. Right. Um, yeah. So sh- Claire is waiting for her friend's sass to um, join her because they've been at camp. Mm-hmm. Is that... They all yeah, were at they camp? Yeah, they were at a sleepover camp. And she... Claire... This really grossed me out a lot. Um, it's talking about how Claire's decorating her bedroom. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, Claire barged into her lemon yellow bedroom, her bare feet sinking into the white shag. To honor her friend's return, she'd salted the carpet with with each of their glitter colors. This was horrible. Blue for Mandy, pink for Sari, orange for Sarah, and green for herself. It looked like the entire Orange Bowl parade had melted on her floor. And this gave me a visceral uh, dis- feeling of disgust. Who's going to vacuum it up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're selling their house, too. Let me right. tell you, I... 
I, That's a- during quarantine, stayed at, at Meg's family's house, and they were selling their house. That would not have flew there. If I had no. cleared... <laughs> I would have I would Put have herself kicked the to the curb. Yeah, that's what I just am like, well, that's never coming out. And that was my first thought too, being like, they're selling this house. Like <laughs> yeah. these parents are gonna be fucking horrified. Exactly. I don't it know. does sound like it's like floor like wall to wall carpeting. It doesn't sound like a rug. If Claire were in my family, she would have gotten smacked. Yeah. Exactly. And she would have deserved it. Yeah. And that's and we we believe in that. We and do I do condone. I yeah. do condone. If you if your kid willfully sprinkles glitter not onto the hardwood floor but into the carpet because she wants the carpet to have glitter on it smack her that's the only way she's gonna learn (laughs) seriously she's gonna learn she has to have better interior design right which is funny because she then the friends get here and basically claire's first thought is like oh they're uglier than i remembered them she's like thinking about like how their eyebrows are not done and how like they're wearing unflattering colors so it's like that internalized Instead of the male gaze, it's the massy gaze. Yeah, that Claire has internalized, and even Claire is um, policing herself in that she's not lifting her arms up because she's worried she's sweaty, so she won't give them a like a hug. Right, but I think that this, I think that that like whole scene where she was, they she was so excited to see them, and they came in, and then like you said, she everything was filtered through the massy gaze. I thought that was like a really good moment of like character character growth in a like obviously growth in a bad way um but i thought that that gave us more insight as to like maybe this whole satirical angle that lisi was going into than maybe anything in the past before because we as the reader like it's very clear to us like because we get claire's excitement in the beginning that Mm -hmm these girls are, like, her true friends. And yeah. so then this scene of recognition of them being, like, actually fucking gross um, <laughs> yeah. is powerful. But I, what I will say about the sass girls is they're insufferable, and I hate them. Yeah, I, I do hate them. Horrible people. Uh, which is fine, because Massey also, or Claire, I also do not like. Yeah. Um, so basically, the main crux of this book is that they will all be competing in the Miss Kiss uh, F- Kissimmee, Florida beauty pageant. Right. And they want to go get their dresses um, from a dress barn. Dress barn. Have you ever so, been to a dress barn? No, I don't. I think that actually the only thing I think I've went is uh, I went to the Cincinnati Premium Outlets on occasion. Okay. Um, and there was a dress barn there and I would l- walk past it, but I've never shopped at a dress barn. I have been to a dress barn once and it was with my dad's crazy Aunt Ginger um, <laughs> because she used to model in their like regional fashion shows. That's fun. Um, yes. So she would, like, there would be, like, ladies' luncheons around town where they would try to sell dress barn clothing. Here's to the ladies who lunch. Yeah. <laughs> lounging in their dress, dress barn, barn. And throwing a fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> for the regional <laughs> collection. At a middle-class country club. <laughs> the kind of country club you can get into if you're working class. <laughs> and you shop at dress barn. barn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so my Aunt Ginger would, and I remember every year we would go to this fucking fashion show that my Aunt Ginger would be in. And every year I would be excited. I would forget because I was like, you know, like eight, what happened the previous year. And I would always assume, because my mom would be like, we're going to a fashion show. And I would always assume it was going to be like some ANTM shit with like dark, like flashing lights, like sexy music. And every year I remember showing up and seeing my Aunt Ginger and being like, fuck. (laughs) How old is she? Because it's your dad's aunt. Yeah. It's like an older woman, right? 
Yeah, Ginger's probably about 80 right now, but she's been kind of uh, sequestered out of the family. Um, oh, because her and my sorry, grandma... Gingy. Yeah, her and my grandma don't get along anymore. I But Ginger is... Ginger's um, outgoing voicemail is um, famously like four minutes long, and it's her reciting like an entire <laughs> prayer. Um, and <laughs> oh my god, yeah, and like every if my Ginger is like you know when like really late at night on public access TV they have people reading the Bible, yeah, in Columbus that's Ginger. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. So like Ginger's involved in like every sort of like if. If you live in Columbus or the surrounding area, go next time you see a priest, ask them if they know Ginger and they will say yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Ginger knows oh, every damn priest in town. I remember it like when I still lived in Columbus at like my high school plays, people would come up to me and be like, oh my God, I know Ginger. Oh, and you'd be like, uh oh. And I'd be like, That's a red flag, babe. They would yeah. be like, You and me are cousins. I know Ginger. And I'd be like, just because Ginger gave you $100 once doesn't mean that we're cousins. <laughs> I think, like, like two of Ginger's kids went to jail, um, and she wouldn't let... So, oh, so this is a funny story. So they were at a... Like, someone's cousin died or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, my dad A real cousin or a, or a fake cousin? Or, a, like, a cousin that just received $100 from Ginger once. I, I'm not sure. And they were at the funeral, and... Um, Ginger, like, it was time for communion at the Catholic funeral, and Ginger told her son, who had been to jail, that he couldn't take communion, and my aunt got pissed off by this and went over and gave him communion as he was sitting down. Good. She full I have on- to say, communion is a delicious snack, and one of the only reasons worth going to church have is you- to- Okay, communion is disgusting. Wait, hold on. Oh, no, I'm pro-communion. Yes, it is disgusting, but as a as a fourteen-year-old, uh, are you going to take up the uh, skip the chance to have wine? That's true. Yeah. Um, also, we like my family is Episcopalian, so it's like kind of the free for all communion. Right. There's, it's like come on up, yeah, <laughs> enjoy a wafer or some gluten-free bread. Right. Usually at um, at, like Catholic church, it's like a whole thing. Like you bet, yeah. you best not fuck around on communion because like that shit's literal. It's like the literalism of it being like Jesus's body. Oh no! If you're like Jewish and you come to an Episcopalian church, if you want communion, you can have it. Yeah, no, it's kind of just a thing at Catholic church. Just a snack. They'll like go full on like I don't know spotlight on you if you want communion Damn. and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad. Um, so they're at the dress barn and Claire is like, "Oh, my friends are picking ugly dresses," and then she picks up a Mia Mew dress or like a. Off, like it looks like a Mew Mew dress, and because Massey had recommended that she get a dress like this, right? This part and was boring to me. This was boring, and then so her other friend brings up this ugly dress, and Claire says "ew" out loud, and then her friend is hurt, and Claire's like, "No, actually, I like that. That sounds like that "ew" stands for extremely wearable." Oh. Um, and then so they have to switch dresses. So then Claire's like, "Oh, I need to get out of this," and Massey like had sent her Claire like all these like ball gowns. Because of what ends up happening. Yeah, but I think this was a I think this is a genuine gift. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think that because remember, okay, so what happens is they get home from Dress Barn and Claire has a box of things delivered from Massey that are all dresses. And after that, like the when Claire comes into when Claire is trying on the dresses, her mom comes in and is like, oh, 
Kendra just called, but I wasn't really listening to what she said, but she said something about being sorry to impose. So I think that that was sent in advance of Massey coming because what happens in like, I guess the next scene is Massey Mm -hmm. shows up and is staying there now. Yeah. So, but Claire mistakenly is like, Oh, I get to wear these dresses. So, but how am I going to convince my friends that, um, to not wear their dresses? I get like, and so I don't have to wear mine. Like I'll just ruin them. So what they do is all the girls, I thought there's a lot of nice little like chain store and like real business details in this yes. book as opposed like they're not making up business details. So they do go to a Publix. I love Publix. I love Publix. I love yeah. Publix. <laughs> Publix is like perhaps better than Kroger in terms of their like private selection and store brand stuff. It's very cute. Yes. It's adorable. Yeah. Publix is a great shopping experience. My grandpa's brother, Mike, worked in the seafood department um, at this one in Naples, Florida when I was a kid. So I have great memories of going and visiting Mike working in the seafood department um, and him like showing me all the fish and stuff. Shout out to Mike. He's definitely not a listener, but... um Hey, shout out to Mike anyway. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Ginger. Really? Shout out out to all of Sophie's extended uh, and disgraced family. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, But they, so they go to practice their runway walks at like the loading dock behind the Publix, um, which I thought was funny. But then Todd, Claire has hired Todd to like throw water balloons filled with iced tea at them. But Claire kind of gives it up. Uh, uh, she shows her cards because he's not hitting her. Right. She wants her dress to be ruined. So they know her friends know, and they're upset with her, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It just like the, what bugged me about the writing of this book is there was no much like in like the early books of the main series. Um, there was little character detail or attention given by the writing to making these three girls uh given the acronym sass distinguishable from one another exactly it was just really which i find really unrealistic especially for like friend groups of like tween girls like they all have such distinct personalities exactly Um, and i would if i were to give lisi notes on this i would say take away one of the three and just yes. have them be two other friends because that's much more realistic because if they were three they would already have ditched her right they wouldn't care they wouldn't claire. be interested exactly claire moved yeah. away that's a good point i didn't think about that and also like the dynamic between three people rather than four is so much more interesting exactly um, yeah and the ways that that because a squad of three girls like being your your three best friends who you're hanging out with it's just like there's not a lot of intimacy there no. To no, be played with. Like, I just didn't care about these girls at all. And I wanted every, like, when, like, I wanted them to lose the beauty pageant. And I wanted mm-hmm. Massey to vanquish them. Even though, like, so I listened to this book on tape. And the acting given to Massey is horrible. Because it's literally just a girl talking like a valley girl. And she's, like, so stupid. And making this, like, stupid voice. And it pisses me off because it's, like, Massey is anything but stupid and ditzy. Yeah. And she's not a valley girl. No. She's from, yeah. And she's I from the East Elizabeth Coast. pointed out when she was on the pod, it's, like, we, it's kind of a weird, like, ah, uh, oh my god. Like, it's, oh like, god. what, what is her accent? There's something about Massey that is, hey, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking on my dress. <laughs> um, there's something about Massey too, like this over the over feminization of Massey by like 
these portrayals also is just doesn't seem realistic to me because there is something like very masculine about her. And I always picture her having like a deeper voice and more of like a traditionally, if like we're talking in patriarchal terms, like, um, exactly. Like she's not a Regina George. She's like a Heather Chandler. Exactly. Like, yeah. And she's also like, she's not like, she's not Cher from, clueless like they're a nice character right Cher is nice right but it's they're total opposites like Cher is west coast glam east coast glam like she's like a blair from yeah she is more of a blair than anything else like yeah and there's nothing about that that's like ditzy or weird or i don't know no yeah so they're um and as we hinted at earlier um basically at one point um, Claire has been oh she's Claire has been asked to be a celebrity judge for this pageant which she shouldn't have accepted because this is absolutely a conflict of interest it absolutely is but she's also 12 she's um, also 12 yeah and she gets a stipend which she needs to buy black to school clothes that Massey will exactly but so what I really liked about this section of the book is it answers a lot of our questions about what happened post dial L for loser Yes, it really does. So the girls, when they first meet back up, they're like, thank God Dial L for Loser flopped so that you're no longer friends with us. Or like, so that we can still be friends and like, you're not too famous. Um, And so they reference it flopping multiple times. And then like all of the people of Kissimmee, Florida um, are aware of it because Claire's like a hometown hero. So Claire has become famous in like this Orlando suburb that she's from, but it's also, like been the number one rental like for like five weeks straight, right? But also, it's acknowledged that on a wide scale, so like in Westchester and mm-hmm. in other parts of her life, this movie was not a big deal. So that yeah. because even I though know, it's funny that it was an Oscar award winning director and the movie, right? Yeah, that still just makes absolutely yeah. no sense. The fact that this guy would win an yeah. Oscar and then direct what seemed to be like a then like straight to dvd (laughs) i think it is absolutely straight to dvd right yeah um so Um, that was interesting and i i like this book for that reason and i also think this book gives us a dial l for loser feel because it is kind of like in all of the summer series books i'm assuming are like this because it's like a capsule of like one specific thing that's happening and it's like this beauty pageant which i mean is far less aspirational than being in a movie but it still is like for girls like us like we would never be in a beauty pageant and it's kind of like we would outwardly be like i don't want to be in a beauty pageant that's stupid but it is kind of like a it's like a voyeuristic like what's it like exactly yeah um and it also yeah it fills in a lot of gaps in general in yeah, just in terms of, like, Claire's character as well. It just, And I think this is what we liked about Dialogue for Loser, is that it's showing Claire getting and grappling with having power. And those make for way more interesting books than when Claire is pushed to the side and just bullied. It's right. much more interesting when Claire actually has power versus when she's like, well, which one do I choose? Which side do I choose? Right. Yeah. That's and, a and good point. And learning, learning to not use her power as Massey uses it. Right. Or I guess learning which- to. But... Yeah. Never ends up working out. No. Um, so, at, and at a certain point, um, 
all the girls come over and Claire's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I shouldn't have made fun of your dresses, whatever. And look at all these new clothes that Massey sent you. She's so proud of you guys for getting into the Kissimmee pageant. And so they're playing with all these clothes. And then guess who shows up? Massey. M-A-S-S-I-E, baby. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Massey hates these girls and these girls hate Massey. There's a big scene where they're both eating, like, all these girls are eating, like, a peanut butter ice cream cake that's shaped like lips for Miss Kissimmee. There was a part that really grossed me out in this. It's that Claire, like, flicked icing onto Todd's nose, and then it says, Massey burst out laughing while Jay playfully licked it off his son's nose. Ew. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) Oh, okay, wait, speaking of weird familial relationships... I don't know if you saw that Trump's brother died today. Yeah. And it's like unreleased why he died. So, Corona. you know, he's in Florida. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I was reading this article and it was like, Trump said of his brother, like, he was the only male that I would call honey. <laughs> and it just made me laugh to think of like, first of all, I have a brother. I would not call my brother honey. Like, my dad calls me honey, and, like, I'll call Meg honey, but it's, like, that's a romantic or parental whatever relationship. But think of calling your 74, you're going to call your 71-year-old brother. (laughs) Like, hey, honey, what's up? That could be maybe excused as a generational thing, but I also, I mean, like, either way, it's gross and sad. It's really funny. Um, Yeah. It made me, so I have not read it, but I've, like, read multiple reviews of Mary Trump's book. Um, oh, the tell-all? Yeah, about, like, sort of the Trump family dynamic and her, like, I mean, even though, obviously, I think it's irresponsible to, like, psychoanalyze, like, someone, especially in your family, in, like, a very public degree, she offers a lot of interesting insight into, like, the male familial relationships in the family, and I think that, like, it can kind of safely be blamed on, like, Trump's, like, total sociopath father who offered him... Fred. Yeah. Who offered him, like, absolutely no um, affection whatsoever. And I just... So that specific detail about, like, him, like, calling his brother honey, like, actually makes me really (laughs) sad. Oh, yeah. It it was, like, a little bit, like... That's, like, the one time that I've seen any humanity coming out of him at all. Right. Also, in in such a weird way. So weird. Like... (laughs) My my honey brother. Yeah. I, <laughs> my um, honey died today. Right. I That's just disgusting. I don't... But it's... I think it's sad that we've all been dragged into, like, this gross, like... Um, yeah. This gross, like, like fucked up um, family dynamic. This is what happens yeah, when bad. you treat your kids poorly. Yeah, this is what happens when you let your kids sprinkle glitter into their shag carpet with yeah. no consequence. Yeah. Right. Um, this happened. That's why I think you get um, one time so, to hit your kid, and, then, and yeah. you should. Everybody should hit their kid one time, or else shit like this this happens. <laughs> and it's when they sprinkle glitter. Right. Yeah. No more, um, no less. <laughs> so then, it's the pageant happens, and Massey, uh, or it, I guess Massey decides to enter the pageant just because she wants to win. Because she can't go anywhere. She's like, I know that I can win. Right. And I can beat all these dumb Florida losers. Um, and so Mass- Claire is... And then this is when the book gets kind of less interesting to me. Because Massey... Claire is once again being like, well, which group of friends do I help? Right. You know? This and she was deci- interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. And so she decides... She's like, okay, when I'm actually judging, I'll give all of them eights. So it'll be fair. But I'll, I'll give both groups of people, like, hints. 
Um, so, and then once we actually get to the pageant itself, one of the rounds is interpretive dance. Ugh. So one of the interpretive dance, uh, one of the, one of Claire's sass friends does it. She shows the effects of global warming by prancing gaily like a deer in love. Uh, then as the melody of classical songs took a dark and stormy turn, she began, she began stomping like acid rain, thrashing like tidal waves and choking like the earth's innocent inhabitants. She then spiraled to her death. Um, and like she was sliding down a giant cork screw. Then one of them does like the tackles celebrity teen drug and alcohol addiction. <laughs> But I don't even want to talk about this one. Yeah. The one that I want to talk about is obviously the war on terror. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So this one girl, was it a manzi or whatever the fuck her name was? I think it was just a random girl. It was a rando. Sure. She came out in um, a camo miniskirt and a camo uh, racerback tank um, and did a bunch of high kicks um, t- and showed off her thong to everybody to yeah. no music as a way of <laughs> demonstrating the war on terror, which, yes, like, I found to be amazing. I think I would vote for her. 100%. Out of anyone. Um, Put her on the ballot. So, yeah. And, and basically what happens is all the girls, you know, Claire was trying to help her friends. So one of them, she was like, okay, like, you need to pinch yourself so you talk faster during this question and answer round. Like, you need to wax your eyebrows because they'll want you to wax your eyebrows. But all these things end up backfiring. So the friend who was going to pinch herself, like, she, her dad, like, owns a crab seafood restaurant and so she puts a crab in her dress and it pinches her too much and, and she, she gets hurt out. yeah yeah and like the all of them backfire the girl who with the eyebrows like she accidentally like they get infected or whatever so stupid yeah um and then so basically at the end massey um who her interpretive dance is the testing of makeup on animals and Bean is a participant and Bean pretends to die in it. Right. And which was kind dramatic. of fun. Very fun. I yeah. I love, you know, the playing up of the Massey and Bean dynamic. I think it's yeah. perfect for children's literature. Yeah. Oh, and I forget that this is very and very odd detail to me. Um, at the beginning, instead of singing, like, I forget what song the girls in like Miss America usually sing. Oh yeah, but they sang "What I Did for Love." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and they and Lisey notes like it, it's from the hit Broadway musical "A Chorus Line." Right. I was like, okay, Miss Lisey, um, that's a very random song for a bunch of twelve-year-olds to sing in a beauty pageant. Yeah, it's not. I, I would say it's a sad song. 100%. And it's also about, like, a woman... I, be, I mean, I haven't seen the show, but I've listened to the soundtrack. But I believe she's, like, an older woman being like, I have to get this job or my career is going to die. Right. It's about, you know? like, very much being, like, I've given everything to the world and got yeah. nothing in return. And so, like, yeah. this is my last shot. I That was random to me. That felt like maybe she wanted... She had an inside joke with a friend. Yeah. And she was just like, I need to show this. Right. Um, so all the all of Claire's friends end up getting kicked out of the pageant or like, you know, getting because they they're lose. fucking gross. Yeah. And then so Massey obviously ends up winning, which I didn't think was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, she's sad at first because there has to be a tiebreaker round between right. her and this other girl. Because Claire race. gets disqualified as a judge. Yeah. Or knowing everybody involved. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone everyone is mad at Claire Which in is, the town of Kissimmee. Don't ask a 12-year-old to participate <laughs> yeah. 
as a judge in a pageant when the other contestants are 12 year olds. Yeah, exactly. There's no, and this is the fault of the, the organization that's putting exactly. on this pageant. I just thought it was totally, totally, I don't know. I didn't like that as a conflict because it just felt idiotic and bullshit. Like what, who cares? It's a fucking beauty pageant. Like she's going to be biased. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Massey wins and then the friends are mad at Claire and it kind of like, you know, I don't think it's fair in that they did the, you know, they kind of took these, these critiques too far and they did do it to themselves. And Claire was trying to be nice in her way of interpreting Massey and being like, well, it's nice to tell them when they look ugly because then they'll won't be as embarrassing. Right. So whatever. But, but it's like, they are 12. So I do understand why they're upset uh, with Claire, if her new mean friend comes in town and Claire is seemingly choosing Massey over them. And so they're like, well, you have to choose like us, us or Massey, which and is Claire's like, I choose me, which means she chooses Massey. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because Massey's not going to ask her to choose. And so Massey like, knows that she's the best. And yeah. I would choose Massey over these fucking losers. Like these girls, I mean, like, I don't know. They're just losers, and they like they're hungry for attention. And but shouldn't you be a loser when you're twelve? These girls, I know that there was not any real, you know, character development given to each of these three. But the things that these girls did, like eating ice cream, pretending to be in a fashion show, like these all seemed like real items that that twelve year old girls should be doing. I'm gonna give a hot take as a person yeah. who, like, in my life you know, has ditched groups of weirdos for, you know, relatively cooler people who have given Uh me a shot at being their friend. I've always, like, the cooler people are always better to hang out with. Yeah. Like, it's just how it is. Like, I've never had, like, a, like, you know, within reason. Like, don't go, if you're, like, a fat weirdo like me, like, don't go hang out with, like, the, like, you know, the tried and true like popular crowd but like if cooler people want to hang out with you like people who you find cooler you find them cooler because they are cooler like nobody in life like i don't know like these but like but were you doing that like as like a like a preteen because i feel like that always backfired on me as a preteen if i got like a chance at like hanging out with more popular people now we've both i think we've both stabilized into our our respective coolness yes now we're within our own on the cast system of coolness i'm i'm talking about like late middle school into high school years because like Mm -hmm. a lot of the times like you know, like the weird, like the what the weirdos who can hang with the cool people and be a normal cool person and secure in themselves will progress with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there yeah. are just some weirdos that they deserve mean. to get leave behind. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like a lot of weirdos are not like th- just because they're a fucking weirdo. Like, like these weirdos were mean to Claire. They, yeah. The fact that they would ask her to choose is wrong. Like it's idiotic. Be- like, and it's also immature and yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just hated these girls. I thought they were disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I wish them nothing, but I bet they all went to like fucking like Florida State and um for like, I don't know, theater. Yeah. That's probably. what I'm gonna say about these girls, is they're just like yeah. lame and stupid and they're not winners. Massey's a winner and it's cool to hang out with winners. It made me sad for Claire because I felt like these girls are who she belongs with because she's not cool. But Claire's a I, it winner. Just, yeah. 
Yeah, she is. She was in Dying Love for Luther. That's the thing is there's something, and I agree with you. I don't like Claire. I'm just saying there's yeah. something about her that mm-hmm. makes her sort of our window into this universe. Yeah. That, like... She's the closest to us in terms of... Yeah, and she's a yeah. winner. She gets the role in Dialogue for Loser. She stands up to Massey in multiple... Yeah. Not always, and that's our frustration with her, but mm-hmm. she, like... That's she true. asserts her yeah. belonging in a place where she firmly does not belong. Yeah. I think what, what hurt me about this was that there was no... What what hurt me about yeah. this? What was, <laughs> was personally... Like, um, what was personally... Is that she just cut these friends off and there was, like, no closure at the end. She's moving. She is moving. That's true. Yeah, she is moving. I I wanted her to give these girls kind of the same leeway that she gives Massey all the time. This is what I'm going to say. Is it's mm-hmm. everything when this book ends is very hot. Like, yeah. once they start high school a year from the time this book ends, I guarantee she's messaging these girls on Facebook being yeah. like, I'm sorry that happened. Like, next time I'm in fucking Kissimmee, Florida, which for her sake, I hope is never. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can connect and have fun because these kind of rifts, if they're true friends, like time doesn't time is time and anger and whatever is not an effect in it. I can say that, you know, from personal experience, like you can reconnect with people. Like I had so many rifts with like my fucking friends in middle school and now we're all still friends. You know what I mean? And like for certain people, it took a couple years and it took like distance. Like I moved after middle school and we had idiotic fights like this and we are literally still friends to this day. And yeah. now it's funny because it's all like, because you do psycho shit when you're in middle school and maybe these girls yeah, will terrible. become cool, yeah. but they're right yeah. now they're terrible. Yeah, exactly. Wh- yeah. Which is fair as, as all middle schoolers are. Right. Yeah. No, I've certainly, yeah, I've, I've had some friendships like that. I think we've, we've talked we about have. it. Yeah. We've talked yeah, about like, this. Yeah. But, but kind of, so, yeah, it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, if anyone, you know, I, I've, I, you know. It's very competitive. People, yeah, it's it, it is. It's a period yeah. of life that's really, like, I just remember, like, you know, like, these people from my, like, seventh and eighth grade years that, like I said, I'm still, like, very close with. Mm-hmm we competed over, you know, and first of all, everybody was gay. So like there was always sexual tension. We've talked about like the, this, um, what's it called? The attic orgies. So everybody was like gay and like experimenting, you know, I don't even want to say with like with their own sexualities, not necessarily with like sexual, like touching, like it was all just like kissing, um, except for a couple people. Um, (laughs) not me. (laughs) Um, I was never invited to do those sort of things, but, um, you know, like it's everybody like was unclear of who they were and also like had crushes on each other and was uncomfortable talking about these things. And so of course there was some nastiness that happened. Yeah. Like, I just think it's natural. And I think the problem is when people like parents get involved and blow it up and it's allowed, it's allowed, um, a certain, like level of esteem like with yeah. acknowledgement of being real when it's just like now those things i'm like i couldn't care less because exactly of course i think i think we've talked about this like for me like it was hard because i was in a lot of three-person friendships right. that i ended up on the outside of and like those friendships have for the most part not restabilized 
That's interesting. Yeah. Like, but I the... think when you're in a big group, like, because in this book, it's like, okay, that's a group of four friends. Like, right. like, I would hope that they, at least one of them would be like, reaching out to Claire. Yeah. I didn't think of like the three person group dynamic. I never really had that. Yeah, I don't think it's a healthy one most of the time. Yeah. Everyone, someone's always going to feel left out. I had something like that in high school that I've since been excluded from. Um, right. And those are all, I think those also all have a queer you yes. know, narrative to them. Yeah. Right. Where there's a lot of like, there's a lot of intimacy that creates resentment. Because you're, like, mm-hmm. resenting the person yeah. for, like, having this close relationship with you and also feeling nervous about it because there's, like, an, a sexual feeling associated with it, maybe. Yeah. Almost all of those friendships that I was never, I was never in the duo that, like, st- I was always the one on the on the way out. Right. But I would say, I would count four types of those friendships, so eight people. I would say seven of the people... Um, are now uh, queer. Yeah. One I don't think is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as as far as my I know, so I would say that there's definitely they were charged, you know, in other in other ways. Right. And no one was out, obviously. Obviously. You yeah. know, because everyone was like 14 or whatever, but Right. Yeah. But it is interesting. Like there's these like I just think like the friendships, like close friendships from the time you're about 12 to when you're even like 18 are just characterized by a a competitiveness Mm -hmm. that I just feel if you are a properly developing person fades away but for a lot of people it doesn't fade away like I know I can think of like certain people off the top of my head where like they have issues with keeping like they have issues consistently have issues in relationships, whether it be, like, keeping relationships or, like, maintaining relationships because there is, like, this base-level anxiety of, like, wanting to be included in a certain intimacy that may or may not even exist. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like as as women, it's really easy to, like, think of every friendship has to be, like, a similar level of intimacy when it's just, like, not and it creates anxiety. Yeah, I think I was talking to like my mom about this. Like, I one of those friendships that I had. Like, I think I've talked about this on the pod, but like, I had kind of reached out to them uh, both parties and like, you know, tried to like, I guess unburn a bridge or just like acknowledge, be like, hey, like, you know, I've been thinking about you. Like, I hope you're doing fine or whatever. And one of the reasons that I think I was able to do that is like I was holding on to that anger for so many years about like however way the friendship ended like it was probably everyone's fault but like I was so focused on being like no these people need to know that it's their fault and that I was actually the innocent one but now as an adult with several very good like long-term friendships like that doesn't matter anymore right and but some people unfortunately that continues well into their adult life like I don't care how I was I'm sure I was a bitch like you know because everyone is all too yeah, everyone is. and But now it's like, okay, but I'm an adult now. Right. So <laughs> I don't care. And, like, I can accept that. And I think most teens are bad. Yes. You're a teen. You should right. be bad. Exactly. That's what I think, too, is, like, there's just a lot of, like, necessary selfishness involved in growing up. And also, like, you know, it happened for me in college where I was in, like, a big friend group that kind of, um, 
like broke off into different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it was characterized by like misgivings between certain members. I was never involved in anything um, like directly, but you know, in the last year, like separated from everything of everybody, like, you know, living within a block of each other and everybody hanging out in the same places and everybody like fucking the same people. Like, there's no more, like, I can just still reach out to these people who maybe I haven't been as close with or, like, we suffered some sort of break and it's still just, like, we can just enjoy being around each other. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of what, you know, is the good thing about getting out of school and even college is that that's not as important because you're, you are living real lives. Right. So you're, you're, most of your life is not just, like, social stuff. Right. Which, is what it is, unfortunately. And that's why high school sucks so much is because you're seeing the same people every day. There is no way for you to branch out. Yeah, no. And that's, You're stuck in... Right. I just think that there's a certain, like, once you start dealing with, like, having to, like, go to work every day and, like, dealing with people who actually suck and people who you actually hate. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, people who are, yeah. <laughs> like, your coworkers who you actually fucking despise, like, <laughs> then things become more real because you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like if this person annoys me, sometimes we hang out. Like, I just, I have a boss now. (laughs) Right. Like I just enjoy being together, you know, even if it's just for two hours at a time. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. I think guys, we're probably going to do weekly apps while we're doing the summer. Yeah. Just because they're short. They're fun to read. This one only took me, I listened to it on audiobook and it was like an hour and a half so yeah i i enjoyed this one um maybe i think maybe we can work our way backwards because i think this was actually technically the last one yeah but it's all happening concurrently so yeah exactly yeah yeah there were some references to massey's book okay in this one so um but i don't think that matters for the other right other three girls i think we should do alicia's next week yeah i'm excited i'm really she's in spain right that's i think nina makes a reappearance yeah yeah all right cool guys all right uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Girls Like Us Show. Um, our theme song is by Leggy. Um, yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.